Hola, Jumbo Ekabo. Welcome to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. This podcast was created to be what the next immigrant needs to thrive and what we need as an immigrant community. In this podcast, we talk about attaining financial independence, living full lives in the new countries we call home, and we'll do all that while talking about topics that pertain to the immigrant community all over the world. We'll do that with grace, with truth, with love, and yes, with great background music. So please, dance into every podcast episode with me. I'm Diola Teru, and I'm your host. Welcome. Hello, hello, and welcome back to the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Happy New Year, happy 2021. Um, so much has happened. I took an unplanned three-week break. It was supposed to be maybe like a one-week break while I was on vacation um, over over the Christmas break, and um, it has spiraled into three weeks. And so I'm so excited to be back on the podcast. And, and what a time, what a day. It is January 20th. 2021. And as I speak, tonight is the first day in American history where we have a Black, female, Asian vice president um, of the United States of America. And um, I couldn't have picked a better day to come. And it has been, it's been historical. Um, When she stood up there and took that oath, I stood up and and, and stood with her in, in solidarity, in support, but also in recognition of of the moment that we were sharing and that I was privileged um, to see. Um, And so regardless of what your political um, preferences are or beliefs, I hope that you are able to understand why that means so much to us. And and yes, a rich immigrant in the White House. and so it's been it's been three weeks. I spent the new year in Hawaii um, with friends. Um, I'm just <laughs> unpacking for everything that's happened happened in 2020. And since then, if you're brand new here, you've probably you may have heard me on the three different um, uh, platforms that I've had the great privilege of being featured on this year. So I was on the Clever Girl Finance podcast. We recorded that in December, but it was it went live January 5th. And so I know a lot of you have listened to the podcast since then. So thank you for being here. I also was on a, a, a one hour session with Your Money Click. If you've heard of me from there, welcome. And last but not least, I, I, I hosted a session on, on vision boarding and, and on, you know, kind of on building your financial vision and setting goals around that um, with the Up Women platform. So if you found me from there from last Saturday, welcome, welcome everybody. I'm so excited to have you. I'm glad that it's not just me and my sister and my friends listening to the podcast. Um, so thank you so much for being here. So going back to what the podcast is about, this season two Um, we've been talking about money and relationships and we've covered a couple of different topics. And so if you're brand new here, please sit back, binge, enjoy the podcast. There's so much rich conversation that we've had there and I hope you get a chance to, to have a listen. And so this time we're going, we're continuing with the theme of money and relationships, but what other relationship we've talked about family, we've talked about friends, Um, But what other relationship than the relationship we as humans have with money directly without other people being involved? And so this time I want to go and talk about just my personal relationship and really talk about 
my money mistakes, the mistakes that I've made over time, what I've learned from them and how you can avoid them. Um, and so that I hope that in listening to this episode, I hope that one, you, you learn from my mistakes. Two, you see that I, I'm not perfect. I'm learning and I'm just bringing you along on the journey. Um, but I also hope that you feel seen, right? Because sometimes it just helps to see someone else that has made similar mistakes to you. And, you know, whatever the case is, my mistakes may not be groundbreaking to you. I think we all also have to forge different paths and we may make different types of mistakes. Um, but I hope that you're reminded that it's not really, you know, we may make sim- have similar mistakes or different mistakes, but really that doesn't define our story. The mistake does not define us. It's not, it's not how our story ends. It's just how our story unfolds. And we have a choice in that matter. And so I'll go in and start talking about my very first money mistake. So little D, growing up in Lagos, Nigeria, um, was, um, you know, every, t- every now and then growing up back home, either aunts and uncles will come and visit and they'll give you, you know, 20 naira or 50 naira. Naira is the currency in Nigeria. And um, I personally don't think my money ever lasted one week. I was very committed to spending my money on food, on fruit, and from renting movies from the nearby video club, the equivalent of your blockbuster in America. Um, My sisters, on the other hand, both of my sisters would always save their money, and I would always find myself begging my sisters for money to buy more snacks. Um, as the youngest daughter or the youngest child, one of my sisters, the older sister, would, she was more, it was more likely that I would be able to convince her, but my other sister would not spare a dime. <laughs> and so, you know, how they, how they were so disciplined and all of that, it was so wild to me and I considered it unnecessary, right? Of course I was young. I mean, Technically, it may not even be a mistake. I just did not know better. And I'm not blaming my parents, but they didn't really tell us or teach us or mandate that we save the money in any way. So I did what I knew how to do. I bought myself some snacks. Now, looking back, you know, what, what am I learning from, from looking at, back at my, you know, 10-year-old self, 13-year-old self? I'll probably say that one, you know, I enjoyed my childhood in that regard, but I'll also say the lesson there is that there's room to, you know, when it gets to a point where I have my own kids, so that I, now that I have God kids, I have nieces, it's important to me to start to teach them the value um, in saving and, and the value in the fact that, yes, you were gifted this money, but somebody worked for it. What are the, what are the ways that you can, you know, use that money? You know, how can you spend it, share it? save it, give, and all of that, and even introducing them to the, to the concept of investing. And so me, I am a 100%, you know, you know um, I'm ready to go with like just helping the young children in my life, you know, one, just learn, um, just be financially literate early in life, but also, you know, help them make good, wholesome choices. Yes, I'm not going to make sure that they don't spend anything, but just um, getting that education in early, I think is going to be it's going to be very important. So that's my lesson is, you know, teach them young so that we can make better. Uh, we can raise better rounded, financially literate children. So now we'll go on to the second money mistake that I that I've made that I would like to share. I'm not going to share all. I'm just going to share five of them. The second one was, you know, getting a credit card without understanding what I was getting myself into. 
So when I came to America, and I think many immigrants that, you know, I came here as, as teenagers or adults or children um, may, may, may connect with this. So when I came to America, I got my first credit card. Um, I think it's not, I don't even know, I was like 17 or maybe I was just going to be 18 or maybe when I joined 18. Um, and um, I didn't read the fine print. I did not know to read the fine print. It was just the fact that they were going to give me a credit card. I think it started with a $300 limit. It was a Wells Fargo credit card. I still have that card today because it is my longest um, item of credit. And that's a separate episode. The good things I've done. That's a separate episode. But it was a Wells Fargo college credit card. It was a $300 initial limit. And over time, over the course of my four and a half years in college, it increased to $800. Very proud of that. Um, didn't read the fine print, had no idea what I was getting into, what I was signing up for. Um, and um, I, I never paid it off for seven years. Um, and I didn't know that I even needed to pay it off. And I think, you know, I never thought about how long it would take me to, to pay down the debt or anything. I think now when I see the credit card statements and I see, you know, the new disclosures over the past few years that they now have where they kind of call out, if you make the minimum payment, here's how long it will take you. If you pay $50, here's how long it will take you. Maybe if they had those disclosures at the time, maybe it would have, you know, motivated me to pay it up sooner, just seeing the amount of interest. And so for me, it was getting the credit card without understanding what I was getting into, without knowing what it meant, what it could mean for my credits. And so, yes, a couple of times, generally, I at least made the minimum payment. For some reason, I had the sense to do that. But there were a couple of times where I was late, maybe maybe not even three times in seven years, which is not bad for a financially illiterate young adult. Um, so that's a money mistake that I made. And um, I... I've learned a lot from it. And so the lesson in that is, you know, don't sign anything you don't understand, right? And make sure that you ask the questions to understand what does this mean? How could this impact my credit? I didn't know enough at the time, but now that I do know better, I will do better. Financial mistake number three. Um, one of them is then I paid off my debt in 2011 but I did not, I hopped off the personal finance bandwagon. And so, you know, as soon as I got my full-time job in 2009, I made a plan to pay off my debt. I paid it off by April or May 2011. And then once I did that, because I had been reading blogs to encourage me, come up with a payment plan and all of that stuff. So I was excited. I paid off the debt. And then I did what the blogs told me at the time. Okay, put the minimum to get your employer's match in your 401k. And as you get raises each year, increase that. Get your six-month or three-month emergency fund. I did that. Uh, I opened a Roth IRA, put in a little bit every, every year or every month. So I thought I was doing well. So I just went into autopilot. I stopped learning and growing from a financial literacy standpoint. And so what I was doing was okay. But if you want higher than average results, you need to take better than average measures. Um, and so that time I kept putting the rest of my discretionary income into cash and into savings. Um, I don't know what I was saving for, but maybe it's just a fear from where I had, I had come from when I had so little in college that I just wanted to have cash saved. Um, and so continuing to improve my financial knowledge was not a priority, but it would have led me to better financial decisions. I'll probably have a better net worth now because I probably would have put money 
in the stock market or invested or gotten into real estate. And so I would say probably the biggest thing, because that was during the, the last recession, right? Um, I, if I had known better, I would probably have gotten into real estate at the time. Home prices were at an all-time low. And um, I just did not, it was nobody in my, nobody in my world was even talking about it. It was, it's like I missed the biggest sale on real estate in the U.S. in my lifetime. And I was there with my eyes wide open and I had no idea. And so the lesson from that is, you know, between that 2011 to 2015 is to not stop learning. To not assume that because you've hit one milestone, you know it all and then you're fine. I think what I was doing was okay, but again, it was okay. If you want extraordinary results, you know, I should have just at least kept reading the news, reading the blogs or something. So I literally stopped and just went on autopilot and moved on with my life. Um, So that's probably my biggest lesson there. And how am I applying that now? So right now, I guess since the pandemic hit, you know, especially in March 2020, we had the biggest sale on stock um, in the U.S. And I was very intentional about I didn't throw a bunch of money, but I put a, a little bit in there to be like, I'm getting in on this action when these things are going down. But I also continue to invest in my retirement savings. And that's why at the end of the year, my uh, portfolio saw the biggest increase in a single year in 2020. And that's because I paid attention to what was going on and I stayed in the game. So moving on to mistake number four. Um, if you listen to, if, if, if you listen to me with the, with the Up Women last Saturday, I talked about this a little bit. And so I talked about in the last mistake, in the last mistake I shared, right, where I was just saving cash. Um, so it's linked to this same cash saving thing. And so fourth mistake is trying to invest in freezing. And so in 2013, 2014, you know, I know I, you know, I talked to some colleagues of mine at work, which for me, I like to have these conversations because I learned something. Um, and in a, a conversation with two colleagues specifically inspired me to open up a brokerage account. Um, I opened it up, you know, I did all the paperwork and all that stuff. And um, just this past Thanksgiving, November 2020, I was digging through my documents and I actually found my brokerage account information. I went hard. I saved some money. At the time, I thought I needed a huge amount of money to start investing. And that was this was like 2013, 2014. So I saved. I remember saving really hard $5,000. So I finally saved $5,000. I was going to get in the stock market. I didn't know what to but I didn't know what to invest in. I didn't know where to start. But I opened this brokerage account. And I was going to go for it. And then, you know, I wish I knew that I could have started with $1,000. At the time, you couldn't quite buy fractional shares, but I could have at least done something with $1,000 as opposed to starting with five grand. Because at the time, five grand was not an amount I was I could afford to lose. So that was probably too much for me to start with. So I opened the account, I put the money in the cash sweep account, and then usually when you then buy the stock, they will take the money from the cash and then use it to buy the stock or the fund you were buying. So I opened the account, I deposited it, and then I froze because I didn't know what to do. I froze for one month, I froze for two months and did nothing. One year, two years, three years, I moved to the UK, I came back, the money was still in that checking or current account. When I came back from the UK in June 2018, I withdrew my $5,000 and I closed the account. And guess what I made on that money? 
cents. Three cents was all the interest they gave me for over three years of holding my money. And if I had put that money in even the S&P 500 or anything of the sort, I would have made more than 50% over that time on my money. And so um, for me, my ignorance or lack of knowledge caused me to freeze instead of it to cause me to start to research. And I will say today, there's not, I mean, there's so much information out there today. That's why I'm so happy that the Rich Immigrant exists and the Budget Nita exists and Clever Girl Finance exists and MyFab Finance exists. And there's so many other pages that exist today that make this information so accessible, Right. And so I wish I even put that money in a high yield savings account or something. Um, And so, yes, um, that's a big mistake that I made was doing all this work, saving all this money and then freezing and not doing anything with it and not even getting even a dollar in interest in over in, in close to four years. And so what's the lesson in that one? Start small. Don't probably start with five thousand dollars if you can't afford to lose that. Start smaller. Start with a thousand or five hundred. Um, focus on on knowledge. You know, do some Google searches. Pay for a simple introduction to investing course so you can learn the basics. Um, but whatever you do, don't freeze into inaction because your money only actually works when it's actually in the market. You can open an account and put the money in. Until the money starts working for you, it isn't working for you. Now to my very last lesson I'm going to share on this episode is, um, you may have guessed it, you know that travel is one of my favorite things to do and it's probably the biggest thing I spend money on. Um, But I have been through phases where I have overspent on travel. And so I've always had a travel budget ever since I got a full-time, you know, um, job at the firm that I currently work for. Um, But there was a season a few years ago where I totally just blew my budget, right? And it didn't just stop there, right? So once once I blew my budget, you know, I should have just, you know, stopped and be like, okay, let's fix this, blah, blah, blah. You know, you can blow a budget every now and then. But I didn't fix it. Instead of taking responsibility or taking money out of my regular savings to pay it off because I did have the money to pay it off, I just didn't. And I didn't want to deal with it. So I was kind of in denial and not really checking my credit card statement to kind of see, okay, how bad is it? Can I pay it off? I would just pay something each month but not pay the full thing off because I also didn't, for some reason, want to see my savings account go down. It was dumb. It makes no sense because I actually fully know that I was paying interest on it. Um, and it's an American Express credit card where the interest is not cheap, right? And it's one where I always plan to pay it off every month. So that's why I don't care about the interest rates. Well, I incurred interest for a few months. And then one day I calculated the interest I had paid year to date. And it was about, I don't know, maybe $400 um, on a debt I did not need to carry. But for some reason, I was just not I don't I don't even have a good excuse right and so then I got mad at myself for one for blowing my budget and two for ignoring the fact that I blew my budget and three for not fixing it as timely as I could and therefore it then cost me money um but I share this to say that it is possible that you may feel like you have your finances together and sometimes you just get into a little mini personal finance flunk because I think that's what happened to me 
And so I guess the lesson here is that it can be easy to fall fall back, to fall into a habit that makes you barely recon, recognize yourself. And I'll say one, give yourself grace, but get yourself up and fix that ish, right? Because I mean, that that's what I needed to do. And that's um, that's what I did. And I am not going back to that because I don't recognize that version of me. I don't know who she is. I don't know her name. I don't know that girl. And so there we have it. Um, five money mistakes that I've made and what I have learned from those mistakes. Do any of these, um, do any of these mistakes resonate with you? Have you made any of these mistakes? What other money mistakes have you made? Um, I'll be sharing about this on Instagram over the past, over the next few days. And so I hope that you'll comment and let me know what your stories have been. Um, But um, again, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Happy, happy new year. I am now back for the rest of this season, which this season will have 12 episodes and then we'll take a break and then come back for season three, which is going to be amazing. Season two, the rest of the plans are amazing as will season three. If you haven't, please subscribe, follow us on the blog and on Instagram. Um, but it's so great to be back. It's so great to, to be back with you. I hope that you are, you are happy and that you're well and that you're healthy. And I hope that you stay safe. Thank you so much for listening. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. Hey there. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Rich Immigrant Podcast. Before you go, I'd like you to know that there will always be room for you at this table. And as I wrap this up, I'd like to ask for your help with a few things to help support and amplify the message of the podcast. First, please subscribe. Click the subscribe button and that way you're notified of new episodes. Second, if you enjoyed this episode, please write and review the podcast. That way you're signaling to Apple that the content here is, you know what? popping and you amplify our message to other potential listeners and last but not least please follow us at instagram at the rich immigrant and as we go out into the world i hope that you're encouraged to show up and live fully in whatever country you've chosen to call home ciao bye see you next time